0: Hey, this is Your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like black in our day. And most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Sade. Come on, ladies, what's been in the news? So much has been in the news. Tell us what you've heard.
1: Bounty Killer and Beanie Man! That's what I want to talk about. (laughs) Now, basically, Bounty Killer, as most of the world know, and Beanie Man, they did a clash in the purest form of the word this last weekend on Saturday. It was amazing. It was on Versus TV. It was the best one yet. There were so many classic moments. I was
0: emotional about it. How did you lot feel? Did you watch it? And if you didn't, you missed out. I was watching it along with you. a certain auntie who shall remain nameless. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that one, is it? <laughs> Oh
2: yeah, sure. I know he's gonna come for me.
0: But to be fair, it was phenomenal. I really, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself. The setup was different, obviously, because I had them in the room, which also made things improve. Because for those of you who did stay up and remember to watch the One Twelve and Jagged Edge Wanderers, I didn't, but I heard about. That was a hot mess because sound was going all the way back. It felt like it went back to the back in the day. So yes,
2: my intention was to watch it. Right, it really was, and I, I was very determined. And I had a nap during the day, and it just didn't work. Basically, um, I fell asleep, and yeah, I kind of missed it. But I did watch loads of clips as well. It did look amazing. I really like. I just like this the actual real sound clash element of it when I was growing up that was you know really part of Jamaican culture um we used to go all day and see that type of thing so like to see it you know in this time
3: just felt like a real special moment well I I slept and <laughs> uh, yeah I woke up at like 5 30 so disappointed and I watched three clips and I almost cried because like um FOMO really gets me like it makes me emotional it actually really hurts it's a pain so yeah I got three clips in and I was just like I can't why am I torturing myself I'm actually feeling pain I feel like I'm gonna cry let me just try and forget about it so yeah I I don't want to talk about it anymore
1: well I'm still going to talk about it there were some great bits One of my favourite bits was when the police came. (laughs) (laughs) The police came and Beanie Man was like to the police officer, firstly, wait, when the police came, I've never seen Bounty Killer move so fast. He was gone. He was in the the next parish. Beanie Man was like to the police officer, do you really want to be that guy? There's 500,000 people watching. Do you really want to be that guy? And in the end, the police went and then Beanie Man was like, killer, killer. I can't do Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. Come back, come back. You see, it sounded Grenadian. But yeah, You just said it into back. Like, they're not going to mash up the flex. But it was so great. Like, as you said, Sade, it was sound clash in the truest form. It's, just, it's almost as though they thought, you've not been talking about clash. You ain't been clashing. You've just been playing records. Mm-hmm. We're going <laughs> to show
0: you how to clash. Yeah, it was really good. That was hilarious. And I was saying that he went to dump the weed in the Bucky. Because <laughs> <way>. <laughs> he of so fast. But something that came out of it, I saw recently, I think today or yesterday, that um, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer both don't have American visas. They had their visas revoked. Mm-hmm. So Shaggy mm. was saying, like, in on the back of that, some conversation around Swiss and Timberlands versus Thing. And I think in the comments, Swiss was coming for major hype. You know, that popular um, American Caribbean comedian who does all the impressions and stuff. I haven't been able to find the source of the story, but apparently he's been dissing Versus, even though he's been, him and um, some of the other comedians get together and do like parodies of the um, versus the battles. But somewhere in that, I think he's been cussing or saying something maybe that either maybe they haven't been paying attention to Caribbean artists, or maybe they're not being fair. I don't know what that narrative is, but Swiss was saying, all dream of your work bro, but don't diss the zone. And then when Swiss went on live afterwards, because Timbo was like, what's going on? What was all of that about? And Swiss was like, yeah, no matter what, Swiss started to get a bit rowdy. Like, listen, don't come for us. We're doing a good thing. This is 100% black owned. This is a movement. This is ours is black. And so he's saying to Major Hype, don't come for us. I don't diss the zone. So I don't know what that is. But then also the way that Shaggy, and I think the conversation sounded around what he was saying about getting them a visa, was saying, if um, Timbo and Swiss see the value in getting these Jamaican artists onto these battles, then they should be using their platform to fight for them for other issues, that they, things like getting them a visa. So I'm wondering, I don't really know the ins and outs, but I don't know if there's a bit of negativity around something to do with the Americans and the Caribbeans or other cultures. I don't know if any of you have heard anything.
2: Isn't that kind of like why... Now I'm going to get them confused. But one of the popular artists, let me say that, is not allowed to the UK over like past songs and things like that. So there's certain artists that are effectively bad because of music they've put out previously. I think to do with having homophobic um, lyrics and that sort of Mm. thing. Um, So it might be, I'm not too sure, but it could be something to do with that, which
0: could be a massive battle to fight. Yeah, there could be that because extreme reggae tracks have a history of homophobia. So does hip hop, to be fair. I guess there's just that underlying thing, you know, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer having their visas reinstated would do a lot for the Jamaican economy. Now, in that sentence, I was a bit like, uh, OK, brother. But I guess in, in the whole of the thing he's saying that you look, reggae is a, the primary, maybe the biggest source Next of sport. it. Yeah, thank you. So having maybe two of these big artists, having the ability to go around and tour and make more money and bring it back home. Because I guess these artists do come back home. So maybe they invest in their country. So that's what he meant. But in that sentence, it's a bit like, no, it, it all invest in their pockets. I don't know how it will boost such a making economy on the scale where it means you should get a visa. Do you get what I'm saying?
3: I guess Shaggy, is like the spotlight is on them. So you kind of throw your hat in with a comment. But we all know realistically what influence the Swiss and Timberland have on any government that is going to now to like actually, like, give these guys a pass in order to have kind of can't to be traveling around the US. When isn't it that the fact that they don't have it is because they both have criminal records, like, they've both been prosecuted? Um, the, the US okay. have that um, rule for everybody, like, it's and just, the UK, uh, so yeah, it's just like you know, it's like what, whatever, really. But I get Shaggy wanting to throw his little hat in, really. What the Shagster wanted to do was be like, I want to do a versus. Me and Sean Paul because they're the only two. <laughs> like, they're yes. an equal match to each other, and that would be dry. That's going to get like 50,000 people watching that. So, yeah. But, well, good try, Shaggy. Good try.
0: I think Sean Paul versus somebody else. I think Sean Paul would be a big draw, because he's got a bit of a... He's got more than 20 songs, isn't it? So, um hmm. Sean Paul would definitely, I think, I don't know who, because there's still band. there's still a bunch of other artists. People, look, someone said Shabba and Bourdieu are coming up next, whether that's true or not. That would sure. be good. That would be fantastic. So there's, mm. but it's, just, uh, it's just interesting that on these platforms, when these things happen, when we blow, there's an expectation now to make sure that everybody's okay. So that weight of responsibility that people who are sex, Black successful people speaking on our community only, then people start coming out of the woodworks which I guess there's right to challenge and then there's also give these guys, give these people whoever creates something and it's successful, a break from having to then pay back every black person that they speak to. But I don't know, it depends because Swiss was also saying we've not made any money from versus.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I guess for the, the thing is, what's their responsibility to the people that they engage with? Nothing. I mean, they stand to make a lot of money, so what is it? Um, I, I saw Shaggy's his comment, but I'm just rereading it now. And it doesn't seem
1: like he's digging out Swiss or Timberland. He's just saying that they, he mentioned that they said it was the best one ever. What he did was he added the United States embassy and the um, prime minister of Jamaica. And he basically said that culture needs it. The music needs it. And they need to have their passes, their travel documents. And he was pushing, it was more him pushing them. But I mean, there's lots of people that can't travel, aren't there? Chris Brown can't come to the UK still because mm-hmm. of the Rihanna thing but funnily enough Charlie Sheen can come here and he's the one I always use because Charlie Sheen was the one that shot his fiance in the leg no one talks about it batted his ex-wife no one talks about it but he can come and go as he pleases
2: so there's a little bit of a double
0: standard there what I read wasn't the tweet it was something else A it was something that he quoted uh, okay. it wasn't the tweet
2: um yeah I was just going to pick up on the point that you was making about um them saying that oh they haven't made any money also as well was the beauty of having a proper sound clash within one location was that everyone had to go to Versus. Previously, they've been going to the people's individual pages, right? Do you know what I mean? So they get a boost in their following, except interactions and everything like that. But now it's all going to Versus. We're not silly here, do you know what I mean? You're setting it up, you know, you've been testing, testing the waters, I know everyone says this is, you know, the most amazing one, but Jill Scott and Erica, they've done numbers yep. on a niche, yeah? And a niche within a niche, really and truly kind of thing. So let's not forget them as well. You know, they're black women, always get pushed nice. aside, all that kind of stuff, but let's not forget them as well, right? They've done well. But this was, I don't know, I just thought, we'll see, we'll see. I know they've turned down a big deal, but we'll, we'll see what happens in a couple of years, you know, maybe start backtracking and be like, yeah, well, it made sense and, da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's early days.
0: We'll see. I went to mention Joe Scott as well and Erica Padua, because that was phenomenal. And as you said, women from the freaking neo-soul world broke the internet practically more than this, which is not about competitive competition, but it is about But yeah, it's it's exactly that. Because when he was saying, you know, we haven't sold out yet, I took it as, okay, that's cool. But we all know because everyone's making money as business people. They're all making money from likes, sales, all that type of stuff. Everyone's catalog. There's money being made. If they're going to, because I think Farrell, when we were watching it and I think when Swiss was like Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. And then we were like, is he going to represent any other islands? And then also my big thing is that are they going to go to Africa? Are they going to acknowledge that? because Americans or African-Americans have a tenuous relationship as it is with other cultures. I mean, the kid versus Davido would break the internet in itself. Mm-hmm. But it's because I remember discussing with a friend and my friend was like, yeah, but you're not going to have the big names in the room. And I'm like, that's really Western conditioning because you're assuming that you've got just because it's not like the big hip hop names in the room doesn't mean to say that there won't be blue ticks from other continents and countries and in mm. the room. That's really, um, and this was a black boy saying it, but I get it because it's that mindset that, oh, Africans can't do it. But yeah, it's just interesting. I wonder if, because Swiss was making a big deal about going to Jamaica and going to the islands and representing the Caribbean. But there are, there's a whole continent of black people that I wonder if he's even considering doing a versus with
3: that space as well. I think it's a definite, they will, because it, it, it's huge and the numbers are there. I mean, even the artists having the cover on the billboard at the moment—it's like it's gonna happen. They probably will hmm. do do like an Afrobeats version. But I was just thinking, again, I think that the women, if they manage to get Little Kim and Nicki Minaj, oh. mate, oh, that that
2: yeah, like, yeah, 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 mate, it's it's like, literally, like,
3: um, I feel like IG couldn't cope. Like, it's just gonna, yeah. like, can can you handle it? So, yeah if you get the right women again, it's going to go off. Always. But those two sell out, sell out. That, you could get an arena.
1: I mean, even if they had, because I doubt that you'd get Nikki and, and um, Kim in the same space, but even if they did like Kim and Missy Elliott, and I know they're kind of different, but because they've both got a back of tunes and they've got the love and appreciation the same way that I suppose Jill Scott and Erica had have, it might that would do well too. That would be an yeah. interesting thing to see. In terms of Swiss bigging up the Caribbean, he didn't. He bigged up Jamaica. He said, oh, yeah, Jamaica, Jamaica. And then he named about five parishes in Jamaica. And I was like, um, <laughs> you can't say you're bigging up the Caribbean and just mention Jamaica. Like, there are other countries. Hello. Are you going to do Soca? Are we going to have Marshall Montana? No, we're not. You know we're not. So don't try it. <laughs> Afrobeats would be amazing. There's some. They have definitely got the numbers there. They could do it.
0: It's funny that the women that we're waiting for, that we dream for, would break. The internet on yeah. all levels because yeah, I think the only men that would probably break the internet maybe would be Jay Z obviously Kanye mm. Jay Z and Kanye Drake
2: and Drake
0: Drake, and Drake. oh my and god and Drake, Drake, would, Drake so, would kill it. Yeah. If
2: they don't you know what Drake Rihanna that would that oh, yeah, would, it
0: would
2: it would wipe out. Yeah. <laughs> would and Beyonce out. Beyonce just has, Boring. Beyonce um, to, she Beyonce. just sees it enter the chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, yeah. You know what I mean?
3: Because yeah.
1: maybe entered the chat. And Bowler starts singing about her. Yeah, Mary, yeah. you see <laughs>
3: Mimi.
1: <laughs> and Beanie. <laughs> I'm
3: sure everybody has seen the run of Karen's in the news. Oh man. <laughs> the latest Karen in the news, the woman with the dog, who almost kills her dog <laughs> in the effort to get the black man killed by the police. I just watched it with my mouth open, like surely Karen, you've seen that you can't get away with this. He's filming you, you're going to go viral. But I don't know, somehow she ramped it up. So she tells him, I'm going to call the police and I'm going to say an African-American man is threatening me. Then when she's on the phone, I, I couldn't stop laughing. The last one where it's like, she's like he's, he's, he's threatening me. She's-. Wow. I'm just glad it's out there. But yeah, um, if you was the African-American man, what would you do? I hate that you asked this question. I had so much to say. <laughs> now
0: I have to focus my answer when i got so much to say. If I was the guy, I think I'd be so a mixture of emotions. I think I'd be cracking up because it's like the audacity, the peak audacity. I'd feel validated because, as you know what, because it would be me as a black woman who's been trying to talk about people like this for many, many years. I've been a victim of that behavior and it's been so detrimental to situations that I've been in because of a woman pulling out, a white woman pulling out this victimhood. I just would have, yeah, filmed it, uploaded it, done the same thing. I've been pretty damn scared as well. I think I would have been really damn scared. You would have heard my voice shaking on the damn camera because I think as much as it's funny and we've laughed, it's like a defense laughter because actually watching her, I was like, this is, this is levels and people yeah. have died. This is levels. And and Reese Witherspoon's and Kerry Washington's new Amazon series. I watched that, Reese Witherspoon plays a Karen, and the show triggered me. I watched the whole series and I was like, wow, this is a white woman who's bored and upset with her life, who's going in just to get a point proven. You know, what? when I first saw the clip,
2: I was just like, is there like some sort of school? (laughs) <laughs> or university that these guys go to and train and say you know, because it's, it's it's almost exactly the same lines word for word in the same order every single time first of all it's just like they acknowledge that they're doing wrong almost yeah and they're like they don't care okay I'm gonna call the police and then the tone just changes like in victim mode I just I don't know, I was just like, what kind of psychotic? It just shows that racism is a it's a disease. It attacks the brain and <laughs> people people need help. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? If you know a Karen, go and help your friend because this is just madness. And I think that like, if I was him, I think I would have handled it in exactly the same manner. I probably would be laughing a bit more. And then, I don't know, I would have just been calm because I was in the right, do you know what I mean? And I was filming. And also, you've got from beginning to end the switch. So, you've got her caught in the act and then switching to a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that people like her get fined or do jail time or get sued for wasting police time. I think that needs to be like the staple across the world, everywhere. Although you know that this shit happens, you very rarely get to see it in
1: that form.
2: Mm. This
1: woman deserves an Oscar. So right, opening to see that she just thought it was okay. If I was in his shoes, I would have been laughing in her face and I would have streamed it live. Because if it wasn't live and the police came, they could have killed him. And when I, when I was reading the comments, she offended animal lovers too because yeah. that she was manhandling the dog too. And she was. But it's just a case of that man could be dead right now. All he was doing was telling you to follow the law. And then she chose to use that advice and weaponize it, as someone in the comments said. It was an eye-opener, and I think that lots of people should be shown these videos so that they can understand. I don't have a chip on my shoulder. I'm not making it up. And it's been
0: going on centuries. Dogs choking was shocking and affecting me, but I was like, that, what the hell is she? Is she not aware that she's strangling her dog as well? So that was shocking, but you just know that even with these video evidence, because I compared it to, you know, how many of white people have actually really reacted Or did react to Eric Garner being choked on camera? Like, did they feel the same empathy and seeing a dog being choked? That type of thing. They don't have that same empathy for us. Some of them, not everybody. But what I was going to say, a friend of mine, a black friend of mine, was really angry that Karen is the new Becky name because he said he knows loads of black Karens. He compared it to the Winston and Leroy demonization of those names. It doesn't because Winston's and Leroy's don't get jobs, don't get hired, get fired, can get killed on assumption of their black rapist or murderous stereotype because they've got those names I don't know it was just a, it's, it's often a tangent but that was um something that came up because obviously the, the Karen coalition yeah. they started saying you know this is almost wow. racism to have us
3: labeled as in this way victim again so as I have an African name it is what it is isn't it we all have crosses that we have to bear in different ways this is just one of them for this moment when it was Becky I know quite a few Beckys When it was Susan, I know some black Susans. Why are they even called Susan and why are you called Rebecca? This is, we could go down that road as well. At the end of the day, (laughs) there's lots of folks and a Karen, it just depicts that set white woman with brown hair, usually kind of mousy toned. It's a Karen. It's a Karen, it's a Becky, it's a Susan. We could pluck it next year and and next year is Caroline or Zoe. We all know the woman. The point is, really, going off the name it's just that attitude that stance we see it and we're catching you on video i want to see how they now start maneuvering it what they're going to do to change it that's the interesting thing really because they will because it ain't going nowhere as auntie sade said Mm -hmm. it's a white psychosis it's like a trigger went off in her head like why are you black man talking to me remove yourself i will get you removed by the police and hopefully they'll kill you like it was that venom Seeped into her because she was being addressed by a black man and if that's a psychosis i think it's neurological i think mm. paths light up in their brain and some other dormant something takes place and they are they go into i will annihilate you mode we can't do mm. think about that they need to rewire their brains they have to have this conversation all we can do is just try and keep ourselves safe yeah. really from their neurosis
2: what he done the right thing in order to keep himself safe. There was a coalition that was saying that um, Karen is the same. The N word. Yeah. It's it's not. It's it's, dumb. Not. Yeah, it's not. People are just precious. If your name Karen is just an unfortunate thing. I know a little girl called Isis. Bless her. She's lovely. It's just one of those things. I think if it really affects you, then maybe you've got a problem in it.
0: Karen. <laughs> <laughs> <I realize. laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's interesting thing towards white women because the, the monster in them has always been a racist white man I mean this is obviously not the first time it's been put on screen but 12 years a slave showing um oh what's her name the actress who played Missy of the house showing her wicked jealousy towards Lupita Nyong'o's character was one of the first times on screen where I've actually seen a white woman put in the frame of actually being vindictive and being manipulative to the point where someone could die at her word but it's just interesting that it seems like more and more it's coming on screen It's being more apparent that it's shifting from just the white men to white, white women, because white women have always been kept in that precious box, that they're innocent, they're beautiful, they're the standards of beauty. So Everything in culture pushes towards the beauty of a white woman or the behaviours of a white woman. I wonder what black men who are in those relationships, who have not allowed that discussion to even happen or don't listen to when people say white women can be manipulative, whether that's triggering anything in them as well. Not to say that they need to break up with their woman, but I'm just saying, I wonder if if this is a shift in any type of way.
2: If it's trickling through and people are being responsible for their actions and how they're coming across, I think you definitely would see a shift in the workplace. Do you know what I mean? Because that's probably where you're, as a black woman, you're most likely to encounter other white women and be a minority in those spaces. And have power to be able to question their authority and how whether or not you're equal i'd be interested to see how this kind of they need to deal with it though that's the thing (laughs) that's the thing they need to have discussions within themselves to solve these issues that's what they need to do because it's their problem
3: i think as black women we've probably always seen this taken place we've always felt it but Mm. the language to articulate it and not be angry and frustrated. That's the thing that's changing. Like, actually, to be able to pinpoint it, but then also with video phones, we can now document with how we could say, No, this girl, when I was talking to her, was fine. Then you'll get in an office and tears start. Mm. And then you are looking at the person mm. in disbelief, like, How? Oh my God, I was <laughs> framed. But you can't even go into the rage because then you have. so. I think the fact that we can document it now, it's like we've been seeing this for centuries. This woman has been there and it's passed down. And now we're able to be like, this is what we're talking about. So she goes from one to a hundred, very sadistically. Like I think um, Get Out was the perfect range of Mm. being able to see how this takes place. And so you can kind of sit there and be like, well... If you want to enter into this world just know that this woman occupies a power of position of, of she has a position of power and she's had it for a long time and she ain't gonna give it up and we've all been tools in this being wielded and i think white men as well you've mm. all been used in this kind of you've been thrown to the walls like no it's all on you and they have sat back and it's like no now we can see the power structure is fading because we have the words to articulate. This is what you've been doing for centuries. The game's up. I have had experiences in my work, in my
1: professional life, where you've been having a conversation with someone and it's a normal conversation and it's switched so quickly. Like, I've been in a room having a one-on-one conversation with someone and then it's switched so quickly that I've had to look at myself. like, And I'm confused as to how we even got there. And then you start apologising because you're fearful of where it's yep. going to go. Oh, I'm really sorry if you took it in that way. That's not how I meant it at all. And you like, you change your you like shrivel yourself so that you can't seem like the angry black girl. You know, and I've, I've, I've made that statement a few times to people. Don't try to target me to angry black girl. Because all I'm doing is having an opinion like this person over there is doing. We're having the same opinion. And they say the same things that I do, in the same tone that I say, in the same language that I say it. Only difference is I'm black. That's it. So it's very hard when you're in a um, professional environment, especially with clients, when you get difficult clients to mm. manage the whole, I'm a black woman, I'm a strong black woman, I'm a woman of certain to a certain, at a certain level that can, I don't know why they feel intimidated, but they do. And it's very hard to manage that. I mean, it's hard with your colleagues, but I feel like you're around your colleagues enough to kind of like, show them and show other people and then you can pull the hr card out i have i've said if you want me to do this that's fine but i'm gonna to go to hr and mm. i'm not prepared to have this conversation with you i'll go to hr but um as i said with clients it's very difficult i mean i don't think we have to change it at all it's been going on for centuries when
0: i've had conversations with people black women who maybe have difficulties at work and i say "Quiet, get yourself soft quiet and emotional not that we're always seen a strong aggressive we've said strong aggressive and actually they like to put the lion's share of work on us, especially when we're competent at work. So in this space, it's about being vulnerable, like, oh my gosh, and I feel so hurt. I've done that before, I was the victim. I played it up, made out like I was really upset and distressed, and then they handled it a bit differently. Because I think also what was shocking to them was seeing this black girl that they thought was um, gonna be like, no, shaking my neck. And I actually I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really hurt. And I'm quite upset about this, and I'm so distressed at how this went like this. And the woman that I was in the situation with also was taken aback, because she wasn't expecting me to react like that she wanted that whole throwdown. so she could say yes there you go look at her and the interesting thing is it went away no one dealt with it no one said anything. <laughs> it went away and I was able to continue doing what I was doing without any interruption what triggers and I think that's what um, this show the Amazon show that I was talking about it's the way that it just happens so naturally and if you're not careful the way it can just you don't have the proof or the evidence, or even with evidence, you can't even argue your part just because you're black and that woman is white. I
2: totally agree, Auntie AK. For the young people that come in contact with me, young, young black women, when they have these difficult situations like that's the number one thing I tell them like you need to tap into your vulnerability because that's exactly what they're going to do I don't feel like that's like a a stain on your character or makes you weak or anything like that because you have to fight fire with fire at the end of the day they're going to weaponize that emotion so you have to do the same thing in order to and I haven't Seen a a negative result since? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Really and truly, it works every time because I'm speaking very stereotypically here. But like, when a man is dealing with a situation, you haven't just got one woman crying on your hands; you got
0: two. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna try and resolve that. Men can't handle women crying in in any situation. So having a woman crying, it's like what the fuck. (laughs) <laughs> right,
2: exactly. That's the thing. They have to deal with it and maybe maybe they'll adapt and start dealing with it in a different way, but at the moment I think it's like a new phenomenon to them. Also, as well, you know, Auntie aunt Auntie Nan was saying about HR, like use that hundred percent of the time as soon as possible, and don't feel no way. In my 14 year career. Of doing what I've been doing. If anything comes up, I am straight to HR. I'm not taking any shit from anybody ever no way no <laughs> Oftentimes, we come to the workplace especially in corporate situations where we're made to feel like we should be grateful mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just by the people that we work with but also people around us sometimes our family and friends think like oh you know you should be so happy that you're in that situation you know especially the ones you know of us that are doing very well do you know what I mean like you should be grateful to be there doesn't mean you have to take shit though either because what happens to the next person that's coming up. I remember the first time I spoke out about something I was a temp and you know there was this whole risk about you know weren't they just going to country your contract you know what I mean? I was just like well it's better that they do that and it's you know I'm not suffering and someone else isn't suffering right? It's recorded in a sense kind of thing but like I think you need to take the risk and go where you're celebrated as well I know this is not really what we're talking about but just (laughs) say at the moment you know if people don't want you there on the basis of your skin and don't go there. So my story is from our cousins across the water in the US and Mr. Joe Biden who is running to be I think the US's next president right? Yeah. (laughs) He's at least trying or is he? Because he (laughs) had an interview with Charlemagne the God the other day. Um, Charlemagne has now I don't know become the voice of the of black people um, so he's, he's interviewing joe biden and um joe biden just said something really weird and it was he said if you what was his exact words if you don't know problem figuring out whether you're for me or trump then you ain't black i mean is he all right My question, so obviously what he said was just totally out of pocket. He's been at the cookout and he got way too comfortable. Joe Biden's apologised and Charlemagne um, has come out and said some other things as well, kind of thing, and saying that, you know, basically why he's pressing him is like, you know, you can't just expect black people to vote for you just because you're the alternative to Trump and what are you doing for black people, right? But my thing is, do you think that, Joe Biden and his, quite frankly, terrible track record when it comes to black people. If he got into power, would it make a
3: difference for black people? No, it wouldn't. I watched that and was like, yeah, I'm glad he slipped up and lost himself and told the truth because it's not like I go conservative or Republican. They're all the same, but the Democrats have this facade like they're, for the people and for minorities, and they absolutely are not. And I think you have to really use discernment and he let it slip that this is how they see the Black vote, the same as the Labour Party over here. They see mm-hmm. it as it's given. And because we've been brought up like, you know, you just vote Labour, you vote Democrat, they, they don't care because they are like, you know, that percentage could be in a state, it could swing it one way and it's given you're going to get the black throat. So they don't care. And it's not, nobody should be thinking that I'm just going to go against Trump. Like really, you have to think strategically, who's actually going to be for us? Because you could have four years of this dude and he passes some laws and we go back to families being broken up and, and being penalised for some other type of drug that all of a sudden black people are, Like, you know, they could just penalise you now for molly or something. So that starts to ruin Black families. Like, don't think the Democrats won't do some shady shit to Black folks. Mm. And really, maybe when you're dabbling in racism, maybe the racist that is more blatant, where you can see it coming, is a better form of racism than the snake that you think is walking with you and then swipes you because you you think it's your friend. They're even closer to you, because you think it's your friend and then they cut you off. Then you're looking at your enemy and being able to judge where you're gonna maneuver yourself. I think Trump, he's made people open their eyes to racism and to not be state dependent, to actually really start thinking independently, like I can't rely on the state. That's a good thing. I don't think you need a government that is like kind of babying you through because they're babying you into a cage. Like, don't think they're doing it for your own good. So I, I'm kind of, you know, me and me and old Trumpy, I see the value in what he's presenting to the world at this moment in the terms of actually black people really waking up and being um, more self-focused and more thinking like there's no handouts. And actually being more self-reliant is a good thing.
0: Um, I actually agree. I struggle with Trump but I definitely think he's the truth that we society needs in the face of all the lies that we have been faced from Democrats, Republicans and every politician that we, most politicians that we um, all vote in. Will it change anything? No. He's gonna win or if he's gonna win or, he's gonna, win, or he's gonna lose or he's gonna lose. Nothing he could do unless it's, I don't even know at this point because what, everything that Trump's done hasn't stopped him from getting the presidency. So Biden right now, he's got wide He's got a range of things he could do before it's like this isn't going to happen for you. Charlemagne is really challenging, and he's saying that the only the best thing that Joe Biden can do by form of apology is having a strong, good, make sense, black agenda. And he said, don't have a white running mate, have a black running mate to really mm-hmm. prove that you really are for the black people, otherwise there's no point. Anything you're saying, sorry, all that type of shit, is rubbish. And then the white people that have been given the invite to the cookout, sometimes we are over generous with our invitations to the barbecue because the minute someone does something a little bit cool, look, Bill Clinton's a black president, why? Why is he the first black president? Please tell me why, well, because he can play the saxophone. I don't understand, (laughs) so all that, that type of stuff, Let's look into the, his past history. We are sometimes too forgiving as black people. I like that and people are really turning over and really challenging because that's been the problem. The power structure is, like we say, the Jewish community, the Asian communities, they have a say in politics. Might not be all the same, but in Western politics, these communities have enough of a structure. Trump is true in his racism. Let's not
1: think that yeah. he doesn't lie either. It's interesting because about um, Joe Biden, has anyone looked on his Instagram account? No. So on his Instagram account, he has posted, when did he do this? Two days ago. So Mm -hmm. I don't know when his interview was. But two days ago, he posted his plan for Black America. It's called the Biden plan for Black America will close the wealth and income gap by investing in African-American workers, businesses and communities. One of the slides, it's got broken handcuffs and it's an America's commitment to justice by ending incarceration for drug use alone and reducing the number of people incarcerated. But the final slide is him with a black man. And it says, we'll not only rebuild this nation together, we will transform it. It's just a bit like, oh, come on, mate. Like a marketing strategy that he's doing. Oh, tick this box, tick that box. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There's no real depth behind it. But I do slightly feel like he will be better than Trump. Even now with all this COVID stuff, politicians will be politicians. They're actors really, aren't they?
3: Yeah,
0: unfortunately, there comes a point where which propaganda poster is going to work on us and which, but then it's also it's the follow up. So if you're going to do these like that like, picture of a black man and pictures of broken cuffs because we're so <laughs> all incarcerated by the pain of drugs and shit like that. All these pictures are very pretty, very moving. But what are we going to do? So I think Charlemagne's right in this thing. Like, it's all well and good. wash your black agenda. And that's what he's been doing on his platform. It's interesting because there's lots of um, back and forth about whether Charlemagne's the person because he's been problematic in the past, but he is someone that I've seen who's tried to. You don't have to be for him all the way, but he has tried. I think to evolve from the times of the beginning of the Breakfast Club till now, he's doing a lot. There's a woman called Yvette Carnell. Now she's one of the founders of the ADOS movement. Remember, I think I've mentioned it before. The American descendants of slavery. They're this there's this movement who wants to disassociate themselves from. African-Americans and Caribbean-Americans, the actual African-Americans, the actual Caribbean-Americans, because they want to be recognized as Americans say, And they say their history is their history. And when it comes to reparations, no African or Caribbean is going to get that money because they didn't build the country. And I just want to <laughs> grab these people and slap them in their faces. So That was just the back story. So she, she did a whole video saying that Charlemagne's wrong. And there are people who are cussing Charlemagne for questioning Biden and dismissing what he said because it's that thing where, look, you don't want Trump. Biden's a better evil. If you make black people think too much, we might have a split vote when the time comes and ju- Trump will get back in power. And I kind of understand that like, you don't necessarily want Trump to have another four years. I don't know about Biden. I don't trust him. He just seems like every other white president that America has had. But yeah, it's just that thing of the fear of black people challenging something is we are also problematic towards ourselves on
2: this i think that's a really good point and like if you see what the republicans do they will support their leader a hundred percent no matter what trump kids i don't know what he can do to make them not support him so i do get that although i don't agree with that lady's overall politics and her position I do get her point. It could be problematic because you don't want to split vote and you want to make sure that you're winning by majority, but not just the presidential election, but also like in other levels, yeah, state level, whatever, like governors, everything. You need to be winning everywhere so you always have the majority. Although that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be good for black people. That's the problem. And like, I think Diddy was also saying it. It's just like, at the end of the day, if you don't get a good deal now, when are you going to get a good deal? You're never, you're never going to get a good deal. And black people in America feel like they're owed something because they overwhelmingly vote Democrat. They are owed in a sense, but it is kind of bordering like quid pro, pokro whatever you call it so it's a bit murky in that sense do you know what i mean it doesn't sit well with people who believe in democracy do you know what i mean because that's not how you should do you should deal with it if you're dealing with democracy people should be able to make up their own choices and um you shouldn't just candidate because of a choice but the problem is basically you're choosing out two evils and what is the lesser evil for you, really? But that lady, I mean, it's just crazy what she's thinking. It actually that so doesn't make sense. I wish I had the words in Yoruba to, to really, really delve into her nonsense, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Because how can you just... I've got it in patois. Caribbean? She's a <laughs> salop. There you go. Say it in patois. I don't get how she can discount the Caribbean. That's just insane. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: It's scary because I understand to a certain degree what she means about splitting a vote. Because what will happen, if people don't like one of the candidates, the new offering, and they don't like the old offering, they just won't vote. And then we lose that way. So I understand to a certain extent what she means. And sometimes I do feel like if we're not getting 100% of the things that we want from our candidates we'll just go off on them. That's happened in this country where people have just been like, well, like, he's not offering me anything and I just won't vote. That's happened with us here. But in terms of this woman and her organisation, is she an idiot? Does she understand what slavery meant? Slavery meant that you got shipped from one place to the next there's just about the same amount of people that were in the Caribbean. They got shipped around. She's going on like she's got bloody traces of everyone and everything. Like She can say, OK, well, this person came from Africa and they stayed here in South Carolina, and that's the only place that they were. That's not how it went. She's
0: dumb. She's an idiot. That's all I've got to say. Bringing it back to the UK, something, I guess, slightly lighter, slightly. Superdrug is now selling the coronavirus test 469 pounds in its stores. Though, however, research and scientists have said it might not be 100% accurate. My question to you guys is, is it right that Superdrug is selling the test? Would you buy the test from Superdrug? And bearing in mind that it is potentially not 100% accurate.
2: So my answer is no, I won't be buying the test um, because, you know, it's not accurate, (laughs) (laughs) first of all. So what's the point? And... I think it's really wrong for them to do this. I think it should be like, I, actually, I don't know what the conditions are. I think the government needs to kind of say, okay, we've got the test and it's right. And, you know, it's 100% accuracy or 99% accuracy right otherwise it's just a nonsense i think superdrug are just really positioning themselves in an ill way what what are you doing now you're taking advantage of people they're supposed to be the brand to me anyway superdrug are on the high street they're more affordable so instead of going to like boots who tend to be a little bit more expensive kind of thing you'll go to superdrug if you want like a deal so 69 pounds to the average person though i think you're just playing on people's fears especially if it's not accurate i think that's unfair. Knowing that people will go out and buy it, especially people who need to prove to their employer or whoever, like to say, like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Do you know what I mean? Also, we don't have like the right guidance on infrastructure. Whether we even need to do these tests anyway, I don't rate them for this at all. Actually, I don't. They've gone down. I don't know. I might, I might stop shopping there for this. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: am disappointed in them because, like you said, they're meant to be the non-boots, better than they sell things for cheaper, and they're just trying to make money. And I think we spoke about whether it's right for companies to do that a few podcasts ago. No one should be gaining this much financially from people's, you know, possible pain. It should be something that the the government are offering testing rather than um, we're having to go out and pay
3: for it. And £69 is a lot of leisure. It's a lot of money. I... When I um, saw the story about this, like actually it going on sale now, like you could go and buy it from various places. I did think if ever I thought the virus was a a scam and was just leaked from um, some lab somewhere, I think this really solidified it. One thing having the vaccine, but then actually having to pay for the test to see that I've, it's like, this is the biggest ruse. It's like Del Boy and flipping <laughs> his, his sidekick in Peckham being like, all right, so we're going to let off this, this virus. All right, so people are going to get it. And then we're going to vaccinate them and, and charge governments for a vaccine. And then the people are going to pay for the test. Like, you'd be like, this is the biggest scam ever. Who, who does that? This should be something that is free, that is being distributed. If it was real, like literally, like, you know, this isn't some great ploy to get people sick, kill folks and make a lot of money. I just think it's the biggest scam on so many levels. I probably can't even see all the different ways that they've planned this out, but it's just like, no, I definitely would not be buying it. Not paying 69 pounds for anything other than flipping shoes. Nah, nah. Professor Stephen Powis, an NHS medical
0: director, told people to hold off purchasing the tests until government scientists drill down deeper into its accuracy. So, I mean, American pharmaceutical firms—there's a lot of suspicion around them, as we well know. So, but even if they're saying, "Listen, it's not really for DIY use," then you know, it's like, can we not Superdrug? I don't even understand why Superdrug did that, but there we go.
3: Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for Aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best.
1: Who's Got a Dilemma? Dear Aunties, firstly, loving the show. My problem may seem like an easy one, but nonetheless, it's causing me no end of grief. Since lockdown, I've been what can only be described as frequently abusing my credit cards. No sooner have I paid this month's bill than I'm back online looking at household decorative items, clothes and shoes of any kind. I've always liked to shop. Before lockdown, I was able to curb my spending by just going into the shops. I even have the ability to stop. I'm not rich, but I would call myself a single middle class, non-homeowner woman with numerous debts. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. I'm worried about just how in the hell I'm going to keep up the monthly payments once the world has returned to normal and I have to pay for things like petrol again.
3: Yours, Hope, Anon. Oh, Anon. I mean, you're not alone. There's lots of people doing exactly the same thing. And as an online seller, I can attest to the record month I'm happy in at this this moment. And um, yeah... All I can say is you kind of got to take it seriously, you know, because we don't actually know where we're <laughs> heading. <laughs> so I think because of the situation and the, the society that we're in, shopping has become like our gratification. So you have to just be smarter with how you're doing it. Like really go for the £15 one because you don't really need it. So if you have to shop, I would say go for the bargain option than the big ticket price. Like really try and keep it within bounds, especially when it's your credit card. Think about this. It's not necessary. Like meditate, watch a movie, do something else than shop. But if you have to shop, shop with an independent business. Don't shop with a high street chain. Like, really keep it. Shop local. Make sure that your money is going to somebody who has a family and it's going into a household, not a corporation. Just shop consciously if you have to shop.
2: 100% agree with that in terms of shopping consciously. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, being an online store owner myself. Um, however, I will say, though, just just absolutely stop like it's not worth it um cut up your cards like literally (laughs) if you can't control yourself you need to cut up your card because auntie nana is right at the end of the day we don't know what's happening i think i said this a few um episodes ago you shouldn't be spending any unnecessary money right now you just don't know what is what is around the corner what's coming we're in a recession at the moment who knows how long that's gonna like last for like so every penny that you have you you might need it so just don't waste your money on anything that's frivolous at the moment and if you really really can't do that then get another job basically to pay for the extra spending basically so something maybe you can do on the weekend that can be your treat money that you spend on that online shopping but other than that, now My thing is cut the cards, man. <laughs> Stop the spending.
0: Yeah, I agree. Because if it's a thing where you've got no control over, or you're impulse by a lot, then maybe you also need to get a accountability partner, maybe hand your cards over to someone that you trust, like a really close friend or whatever. Um, and there's maybe someone that you have to check in or you have to answer to when you feel like you want to make a purchase. Maybe that's something you can do. Don't try and write the number down on a slide somewhere else. But <laughs> something that makes you have to... Um, be held accountable for the purchases, because that might help if you haven't got that self power. And if um, you definitely get more jobs, but if you can't really can't get another job, then you have to find a way to control yourself and it might be answering to somebody.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of you, um, apart from get the second job, just cause we don't know what she's doing. There are none, you just need to have none. You just need to buy, that's what you need to do. You need to stop because you don't want the bailiffs knocking on your door and taking all your stuff and stuff that you didn't even buy during lockdown because you can't afford to make your payments. It's just not worth it, especially if you don't need it. And you, if you were able to, before lockdown go shopping and not buy anything, then you should be able to hone in on that discipline. Giving your cards to somebody else is a fantastic idea. If you do that, just make sure you delete all your passwords and your, um, fill, your autofills on your laptop as well, because, you don't always need to have your card on you to be able to make a purchase. Um, you know, PayPal and all those sort of things as well. It's quite easy to do it, speaking professionally. That's um, <laughs> way Amazon's been to my house more times in the last month than they have in the last few years. But um, you've got to make sure that you can afford, you can spend responsibly. You've just got to think of the bigger picture. And as, as everybody said, we don't know how long this is going to last. And you've got bills to pay, real, proper bills to pay and buying storage boxes for all the shoes that you're buying online is not really necessary.
2: Right, okay. Dear aunties, I've been dating my girlfriend for three years. She's what you would call an influencer who focuses on body positivity. I love her, and I love what she does. However, when does a positive stance become a problem? Also, there is a history of diabetes in her family. I love my girlfriend, but what can I do? I think you just need to have a conversation with her. And the good thing is, is that you do love her in
1: all her shapes and sizes. It sounds like your best approach is to just say to her, I love you, but I just want you to be healthy and let's practice being healthy together. And maybe we should eat like this and maybe we can exercise together. Maybe if you make it sound like it's something you're both doing, then, um, it, well, she won't take it in such a a personal way. That's my advice.
0: If she does body positivity, is it because in this environment, because of lockdown, her weight's increasing? Because a lot of people are putting on weight in this situation. Can you tie her weight increase to the situation at hand or is something else going on? Because, yeah, what is the line of being big and healthy and positive about your body? Then, if you start to lose weight, then you automatically get judged. So, she might have that fear of being judged, being big. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. And if you're doing positivity and that's her whole business, then she might be struggling to find the balance. If she's an influencer who's really successful and people are relying on her and this um, influencer lifestyle, because if she's not healthy anyway, and she's making money on the back of it, it might be something that she's scared to do anything different to change it because you know, she could lose that influencer coin if she's making that type of level of money.
3: I think this is such a tricky area. I remember um, Jamelia talking about it on um, Loose Women and wasn't that one of the reasons why she kind of lost her placing because she commented like you know it's not okay to be unhealthy and this whole wave of body positivity but you're unhealthy and obviously the backlash then came in of well not everybody that is big is unhealthy and people should be okay to celebrate their form it's a really hard place to be in I'm I feel it really depends on her health. And as her partner, you're going to have an insight into actually what she's consuming that has contributed to her size and where it's distributed. And you would know that more than most people, and especially followers and fans. You don't actually know when somebody's in, at home how unhealthy their eating practices are that you're now celebrating online. It's like, actually, it's not about that. So, oh, it's, it's a weird space. I follow so many accounts like this and I'm always slightly conflicted in what I'm celebrating with them. Because at the same time, I want you to be happy just journeying through life. So you wanna see that, but then I am like, well, when all of these like stop and you're at home, are you just eating through the night? Yeah, and you can be around people like that and you know it's like they're big and jolly, but they're also depressed and overeating. And mm, I don't know, it's a conversation really. But at the same time I think it's a real sensitive, compassionate conversation and it's not lecturing and maybe you have to lead by example and really be the healthy influence that you want to see. So changing the diet, thinking about what food is in the house and, and setting an example that way, and not not lecturing like, you must do this because look at how you look.
2: Yeah, I agree with what's been said. I think it's really difficult. And like, if I take out the whole overweight thing, in situations that I've been in with, when I've been with someone, I had one boyfriend that wanted me to put on weight. Um, when I was a lot smaller and it really bothered me. It really bothered me to the point of us breaking up over it. So I can understand his concern, like, it's a touchy subject anyway. I definitely agree, of course, it needs to be handled with care, but I am also conflicted, right? It's a very, sometimes it can be a very confusing image that you're seeing, especially on Instagram. All you're just seeing is, like, the best moments, usually, of someone's life. You're not seeing any of the other stuff that comes with it. And also there is that pressure to, you know, up followers, likes, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, keep doing the same thing. If something works that is not broken, don't fix it do you know what I mean but that but you could be doing harm to your body while you're doing it I think it's tricky but yes it's about having a conversation and if you know if you you know love her and support her you'll help her get through it I mean it can't be taken lightly because if there is a history of diabetes in the family it's highly likely that do you know what I mean you could have it too so yeah you need to just support her and understand it or the understanding of like it's you know it's potentially detrimental to her life.
3: Dear aunties, I really need your help. I've been with my boyfriend for a while and I've always had slight issues with his friends. Recently, his friends have started saying that I appear single on social media and they are writing comments on my posts that allude to me having a boyfriend because I don't ever mention him. What can I do? I really want my boyfriend to just break up with his friend so what needs to happen is she needs to
1: talk to her boyfriend because the thing is if she gets involved and starts saying stuff to them directly without his backing it's going to create a whole load of problems she shouldn't really want him to ditch his friends because i'm not a believer of ditch your friends for your partner but i am a believer in confronting things they need to have the conversation you don't need to live your life on social media Sometimes it's nice to keep things private. Why should she be forced to post pictures of her and her boyfriend every second? It doesn't mean that they're not having relationships and it doesn't mean that she's appearing like she's single. It just means that she doesn't want the world and it's wife knowing her business. But she definitely needs to speak to her boyfriend and they need to speak. Her boyfriend needs to speak to his friends and say, look, back off. I know this is happening. Me and my girl, we're good. We spend all the time together. We talk to each other all the time. We are good. Just back off. She ain't acting like she's single. She's not around here in the streets being that type of chick. Just relax yourself. It's cool, isn't it? She, he basically needs to take um, control of the situation and say that to them because it could end up quite nasty if she confronts them on her
2: own or she does some viva vendor <laughs> manoeuvre. <laughs> All she can really do is reassure him, she should only do what she's comfortable with, post him if she feels like she should, if she wants to post him, but know that that does work both ways as well, so if he doesn't want to post you, he's entitled to do that too, so just have that in mind. The problem here is though, is if a man listens to his friends more than he listens to the person he's in a relationship with, that's that's an issue, do you know what I mean? So that's something that you guys need to work on together just so this can't come from anyone not just his friends it could be random do you know what i mean like you need to kind of communication between you two um so you're totally solid Who oh, no, know i don't want to be i don't actually don't want to be too negative at the moment because honestly <laughs> if i'm really being honest if he listens to friends over you then it's a wrap it's,
3: i'm gonna be done the auntie
2: because you're just gonna have nothing <laughs> it's just gonna about <laughs> problems, mate. Like I've been in situations as well. I've been in all situations in relationships. But anyway, I've been in situations where I've been with a guy who's listens to his friends over them what I'm saying. And it's had to end because you can't be, they're not in the relationship. You're in the relationship with him. And like it's just a testament to his character that either he's gullible, um, he's a astray, he's prone to gossip. These are not good, strong qualities in a man, you know? Like, and you've got to think about the kind of relationship that you want to be in. So they're not good qualities in anyone, to be honest, you know what I mean, male or female, to be honest. Like, you might have to have a break, to be the honest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a red flag. If it's true and he isn't really featured on your social media and you are featured on his, why are you not putting him there? That's a red flag for you yourself. I'm not even going to go on the mouth like from his friend and his side. Why are you not start searching through that? Why are you not showing that you're in this relationship? Why have you decided to keep that to one side? You may have valid reasons, but if you don't, look into that. If he is somebody that is insecure, That his friends can get to him I can assure you that this probably isn't the person to settle down with because their insecurity will permeate in various parts of your life together as you grow older and you evolve and you're and, and you may have a family with this person if the person is showing insecurities now and he doesn't know it will feature in lots of different ways so again look at why you're with this person maybe you have just outgrown them maybe he isn't the male for you he isn't your counterpart that's why you're not showing him and that's why he's feeling insecure look at these things because it may seem small but sometimes the small things are actually shining a light on what will Grow into the big thing later on, and it may just be the time to nip it in the bud and be like, This isn't the person. Also, if his friends have always been a bit iffy with you, as a friend who has had kind of intuitions towards some of my friends' partners that have come into fruition in the end, maybe they're sensing something, maybe they're seeing you two are not a match, and they're just trying to look out for their boy. Like so again, it's like don't take things personally. Actually, sit back and think: is this person the right match for me? Maybe his friends are seeing that we're not matched, and I, it's not about me. It's just our relationship isn't the right pairing at this moment in time. I would just think about those things. Like you know, it's not always an attack. Sometimes people are sensing, hmm, this isn't the right, this isn't the right pairing, and I want, I don't want my boy have his heart broken and at the same time for yourself you could be missing out on your blessing by being with this person that's a meantime time person and not the right one did she say in the letter that it's one-sided that he puts her up and she
0: doesn't or she doesn't post it post her business up no it doesn't say okay so then I think well, then yeah that's something to look at but I just think in this day and age everyone's so in your business and young people uh, I mean I'm assuming she's young. Um, with this social media conversation and people getting people to go onto their social medias. That sounds very young behaviour. But in this day and age, young people are reacting to such stupid stuff. I mean, recently, Nella Rose, obviously she got into that stuff with, um, on social media about her past comments. She's been off socials for a long while and she's posted a message where someone said, yeah, haha, you I'm paraphrasing, haha, you should die of your evil dad or something like that. The girl has lost her father and she lost her mum previously. That doesn't, oh, excuse, wow. it doesn't excuse when she makes a mistake. However, she didn't do anything that warranted that level of a response to a young girl who's on, in the world on her own at this point, at a very young age, who now has to do things like that. So understand why if this young why per, this person doesn't want to be putting up her business on social media. because the vitriol is mad. And people, you know, when it's small, local localised communities, people always have so much to say about relationships. There's this new form of gossip where they can screenshot something and make it look like you were doing something with someone and you weren't even doing anything, you weren't even there or something like that. So I understand that, but I definitely think she definitely needs to have a conversation with her boyfriend and she needs to be like, and if you can't separate us from your boys and if you're letting what they say get to us, then we, yeah, you're, we can't be together because I definitely can't have your boys in our relationship at the same time as us making judgments, just stupid comments, especially if you're going to believe them as my boyfriend
2: is the friend in a relationship because if they're not maybe help him find a girlfriend and then he can worry about his own goddamn business instead of (laughs) getting into hers like you don't have to make nice with this person if they're being off key to you do you know what I mean so just don't feel like any pressure into trying to keep the beat peace if they're you know basically trying to come and attack you
0: to be honest and also, block everybody. Wherever you can block them, block them. Because if they're just making actual moves to come to your social media, block them all. Block them. Make, give them something more to talk about. Oh my gosh, we can't get through what's going on. We mm-hmm. want to know. Because why are they so pressed with you?
3: Wow. I've never blocked anybody. Oh, no?
0: I've
3: blocked never. it's great. I have. I
0: have. Oh
2: yeah, you've got to block people or you can mute them. I think I mute people more than anything.
1: Yeah, I do that just a lot. Just mute them. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I have, some some have blocked people.
3: That was aunties No best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Hey, I'm
1: Auntie Farah, and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. And now we're about to take you guys back with
2: Black in the Day. Why were you to when you was a little girl at home and everything's all hunky-dory. No, it's not. You're, you're in trouble, right? You're in trouble. <laughs> 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 And you're going to get told off and you're also going to get a punishment. What were the kind of punishments that you had as a kid that would be borderline illegal that you <laughs> knew of <laughs> nowadays? Yeah, because uh, we all know <laughs> there's some deep ones. Might not have happened to you, but things that you see or you have heard that back in the day used to be yeah. commonplace that are not commonplace now.
1: Uh, Licks was staple to get to get beat by any family member was just standard mm-hmm. i think it i think it would be deemed as illegal for not only your parents to lick you with tools but also your aunties and your grandparents and anyone that felt like they were chipping in you know i feel like that was illegal um, <laughs> like seriously when i was growing up i used to get licks like i said no jokes you know Sometimes I feel like I I used to get beat because my mum was in a mood and, you know, it was just easy. She wasn't an abuser. I think African and black and Caribbean um, of a certain generation, they wouldn't call it beat, chastising you. So, you know, the best punishment for me, the one that I felt the most was when my stuff would get taken, though. Like, cause you could get licks and you know, like when they're done licking you, you can still go back in your room and do what you need to do. Or you can get on the phone and do what you need to do. Like licks is temporary and it lasts like maybe five, 10, 15 minutes if you're lucky. Um, but when you get grounded and you get your stuff taken, that to me was detrimental. That to me wasn't illegal, but it should have been illegal, held in the house with
3: no method of communication and no outlets of entertainment. It never happened to me, but quite a few family members did get pepper up their bum. And that was like Mm -hmm. proper (laughs) staple. So I remember my brother getting it done when he didn't come back from, I think it was like he started secondary school and he didn't come back at like four o'clock. Like from pre-30, he didn't walk back home and come back. He went and played football. So he came back really late, maybe six o'clock. And I cried because I knew he was going to get it. Oh. I had hoped he was going to get it with like beats with the mop handle or something like that. But mm. when he actually came in and then my mum went upstairs and she started grounding it. So it's like it would get grounded in um, the black pot uh, and with the grounder thing. So it's like they're grounding. Mm. She was in there with the proper scotch bonnet, may have been ginger. but definitely scotch bonnet was the foundation of whatever the concoction was and i was bawling my eyes like please please leave him please leave him and then you don't see it so i never knew what took place because it was done in the bathroom but i can only imagine that maybe you have to bend over and then the pepper goes in your bum i don't know and then he's in the bathroom for ages afterwards that was the punishment and then he literally would go and lie down So I was like, this must be the worst thing ever, because you can't even, when it happens to you, you don't even carry on. Like, it's like (laughs) your day is finished. Like, you go to sleep. Yeah, you go to sleep. That was generally what happened. So I never had that. The worst I got one time, uh, it was my seventh birthday. People wouldn't dance. And I screamed at the party, like, can you dance for me? And I wasn't really that kid. So this was a big thing for me. And then my mum, to me, I saw my mum fly. <laughs> <laughs> she descended on me and took me into a bedroom and pulled my ear. Like, she rang it like that. And that was mm-hmm. the worst she had ever done because I hadn't got beats or anything. And that was the only time she ever did it. But I was traumatised from time to time, we'll be sitting there and I'll, and I'll say it to her, like, can you remember when you almost pulled my ear off? <laughs> She's like, no, I didn't. And I got to tell her the whole story, you flew and descended on me just so that she feels bad that this took place. So pulling your ear. I think that's mm-hmm. a
1: big... And your brother got pepper bum. Yeah. You got slightly.
3: Basically, <laughs> but it was still, if you never got hit and then somebody tries to wring your ear off, it's traumatic. So it's all relative. But that was the things that I... Saw. and I literally have never hit my children like just from those things I was like there's always other ways I don't have to beat them and I would never do peppering your bum I think that should be illegal definitely has to be abused I think it is no it that's got be. to be illegal yeah I, I, I think so yeah so.
1: you remember I hope that the, the Limit of statu- Statue of Limitations has passed. <laughs> she was Baiting just a It should plainly
3: be like, have you heard this girl and her mad imagination? She just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> My mum stopped beating me from early and
0: I think the last thing I remember is being beaten with the, um, or whipped with the telephone wire. I think she got so mad, she ran out of things to hit me with and she got the telephone wire, but it didn't really land because she didn't have, she just was like flailing, trying <laughs> to get me. How am I... And I, I remember one of my best friends having literally come to blows of her mum and I remember she came to stay with me for a bit and the blows, like she had physical bruises and stuff and she was so mad that she hit back. So it was like a big, like, oh my God. Um, so that's, I suppose, fighting a child. I guess it is illegal anyway, depending on where you want to draw the line. Um, but for me, I was lucky to escape the terrible beatings that I know other people got. My mum killed me with lectures and I think lectures should be banned because they're... <laughs> <laughs> but
1: how will you survive? <laughs>
0: because, exactly, because it's, it passed on to me. I lecture too. And my- That's <laughs> child, what I mean. So how will you survive? Exactly, psychological damage. But at least if there's a law against it, I will try my best to stop doing it. So I literally was the victim of lectures. My mum, the, the best time she would get me, like the best time for her, the worst time for me, was after I come in from a rave, and I'd be, i you know, lean from the weed and the raving and the partying, and I'd be in bed trying to curl up, trying to sleep, and then she'd sit at the end of my bed oh. and it would start. And her lectures. They would cover years back. They'd cover my mistakes, her life mistakes, <laughs> and, um,
3: <laughs> my future
0: mistakes I hadn't even made, and my dad. <laughs> so like, I'd be like, oh mate. So those are the things that actually kept me on the straight and narrow because the lecture, the lecture alone. So the things like taking ease, I was like, I'm not going to take it because I don't want to be having to listen to a lecture. It was all that anything extreme. I mean, I wasn't the perfect child at all, but there's things where I'm like, nah, let me avoid the lecture. So they were very good parents. Like I said, the most I do, I have beaten my child, but I realized in once, I think she, what she did, she told a lie when she was like maybe seven, again, I think seven is the age when they get a bit mad. She told a big lie. And because I dealt with the teacher, I went to deal with the teacher and the teacher told me the truth and shamed me. I was like, you little witch. So I'm came with the intention of mashing her up. But in the process of beating her, I realized that this is satisfying me. And it's not even hitting it seemed like I was, this is wrong. So what I did was stop speaking to her for a week. And in that week, she was a freaking golden child that made it worse. I was like, you little witch, every morning I'm trying to cuss you to get ready for school, all these type of things you don't listen but in this moment when you want to impress that hurt her the most because what my the relationship we have when I'm not speaking to her when I'm vexed with her and I display it that kills my daughter the most more than any kind of hit I think she didn't react shrug off a hit even though if I hit her today she'd be shocked because I don't really beat her so I always keep it as a threat in my pocket I'm gonna box you but she's like yeah mom's like (laughs) what okay so there was just so
2: so many people be- <laughs> it's unbelievable um oh. and also like the different weapons Ooh, like i remember there was like this one slipper that had like a print and i still got scars from that print oh, <laughs> so, God. um so that should i think i think it should be illegal actually because i went through i went through most of my life thinking oh you know what it happened to me it's fine i'm fine you know, people should be fine. Do you know what I mean? But nah, I think it's I think it's wrong now. So that should be illegal. And then also a lot a lot of stuff to do with pepper. I eat pepper one time. I can't remember how old I was. It must have been I don't know maybe at ten, eleven, or something kind of thing. I had to eat a whole pepper. Yeah, um,
3: pepper. That was
2: yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> that was that was terrible. Um, and that was for I think it was flying, but. Um, and it's funny, actually, because I cannot stand liars, you know? Like, <laughs> I cannot stand liars now. Um, so, yeah, and I, I really don't lie at all. Um, still scared. I heard about pepper in the bum. That didn't happen to me, though. Uh, but I have, or ginger in the bum as well, kind of thing. And yeah, and, like, we had this um, Sunday school teacher who had a wire, and he used to, like, hit people, and he used to spark, kind of thing. And that was flying, so that should be illegal as well. I think all of those types of things should be. Legal, wow. To be honest, they should be. They should be. But do you guys ever have to like pick, pin, or like uh, where you put like one finger and you one know, foot on the floor and you balance? Yes, no,
0: I don't have to
2: do that. No. Yeah, I've, okay. I've heard, cool. That I might,
0: might that be accident more accident of a Nigerian thing. Wow.
2: Yeah, so for hours, like, for out, like I swear to God, my legs, uh, they're, they're that way because i have done that for so long. And, like, raising your arms up. Or this one where you put both hands out. Sometimes you've got to balance books and you can't, uh, what do you call it, dip your elbows um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. So wow. A lot. <laughs> but those things, they're not commonplace now. Definitely not. Like, there's no way. Uh, that's why I think these, these generations, they're so... I don't beat my daughter, but I have beat her before. But
1: it's not like a regular thing. For, for me, naughty corner, taking her stuff, confiscating her things, that really works for her. And telling her I'm disappointed in her, in her that kills her. That, like, she will literally pull her eyes out if I say to her, like, I'm very disappointed in you, that kind of thing, that really works for her. I've, like, as I said, she's nearly seven and I think I've hit less than a handful of times, but it's, it, but the fear of me doing it is... <laughs> like, she, she knows that it's a possibility that it might happen, but I just wouldn't do it to the extent that we would get it as, as when, we, when we were growing up. I feel like they would use whatever weapons were around, and they would do it as a way, making themselves feel better rather
3: than as a punishment for the child. I just remembered, the other greatest punishment that I got which I will use one day. I had gone I think it was to a jungle rave and I'd lied so we had done that whole thing of I'm staying at somebody's house and, blah, 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 and then we got rumbled so by the time I got home we had stayed up and done the dissecting of the rave so I'm just knackered now I just want to get in the house and go to sleep and my mum so it's probably about 10, 10 o'clock in the morning and my mum was like, she spilled like, so we know that you weren't, I can't remember whose friend it was, let's just say it was Jessica's house, I know you wasn't at Jessica's house, you had gone to a party, go and do the garden and the garden was always the most ridiculous state ever, like, and all of the garden tools were there and i was in a dress and i was like can i at least change my dress and she was like no put it in a knot and go into the garden so i had on a sequin dress and i could put on my trainers and i had to weed the whole garden the whole day with all of my state people walking past and being like what happened to you and then i'd have to say i'm on punishment i was outside until eight o'clock i hadn't slept And I wasn't allowed to stop, and all I could have was water. That was the worst punishment ever. After that time, I never lied. I just begged to go to a race, like, just like, please let me go, please let me go. But yeah, I I will use that punishment. It was so effective. I wanted the earth to take me away. That is a great punishment, and I will use it because the thing (laughs) is, it works on so many
1: levels. It's humiliating, it's exhausting. Yep. And it's humiliating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's really good. Oh, I was just going to say as well, another thing that I used to hate getting beat for is when like, say like an accident's happened and it was genuinely an accident and you get beat. I remember one time at my grand's house, my granny's had this um, glass chandelier in the special room that you're not allowed to go into has all the events. And um, one time I was taking off my jumper and my jumper touched the glass chandelier and it swung like this. And it was like in slow motion. And it crashed down onto the glass table Ooh. with all the glass ornaments. Oh. I remember my grand said to me that I did it on purpose because I was vexed. And I was just like, I wasn't vexed about nothing. What am I vexed for? Yeah, and I got beat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's the worst.
1: And you know, you can see it happening in slow motion. It just
0: swung
2: from side to side and then just smashed.
3: Oh, God. <sighs>
2: Sorry, man. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your Auntie's Good Never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, Auntie's, what's made you sad, mad, or glad?
1: I'm glad that tomorrow is my birthday because I thank God for life. Um, I'm sad that tomorrow, on my birthday, I'll be locked down. And I'm mad that on my birthday, I'll be locked down. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it, to be honest with you. In honesty, I take that one back. I'm only, I'm, I'm glad and I'm sad. I'm not mad because, you know, whatever will be, will be. And I probably wouldn't have gone out anyway on the actual day because it's a Wednesday. What am I meant to do on Wednesday? i tell you what I'm mad about. I'm mad that my brother just walked in the room, like with his hermit self looking all bushy, <laughs> telling me to hurry up. I'm
3: mad about <laughs> that. There
2: we go.
3: <laughs> oh. Okay. So I am glad like Auntie Farah, that is Gemini season, and in my household there are three Geminis. So over the next week, it's gonna week and a half, two weeks, there'll be three birthdays, and that'll be fun. I am mad that I'm not able to have like a big fortieth blowout. Oh yeah. But you know, such is life. And um, I don't really have much to be sad about. You know what? I am sad. I'm sad and a little bit mad that I don't seem to understand what this problem is with the Dominic guy dropping off his child. I don't know what that's about. So I'm kind of sad and mad about that. So I'm glad it's Gemini season. I'm now mad again that Nana has yet again brought up a topic. I was going to make this my
0: new story. (laughs) Because I was going to say I didn't quite understand the issues. And I think it's slowly coming to light. But I just didn't get it. So maybe we'll save it for next week. But um, So that was my mad. My sad, and it was my original mad, so I'll combine it with a sad, was that it's taken me three weeks to rebuild the British Blacklist website. Uh, um, And just last week, I found a video that explained how to use the theme that I'm using perfectly. And I'm trying not to live with regret about the three weeks that I spent trying to hack it myself without any rhyme or reason. And this video was sitting on YouTube quite nicely. And if only I'd put in the right kind of words and realized it, I would have been able to watch it. And three weeks ago, maybe today, I might be like, I'm glad because my British Blacklist website is ready. So I'm taking it on board that it's the moment in life, shit happens and you know, it is what it But is. I'm just trying not to be sad and mad about my overlooking of that. And I'm just glad that I found this video because finally I'm on a roll. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll be done.
2: Alright, so I'm sad that I fell asleep uh, during Beanie Man and... What's his name? Bounty Killer, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Why I'm sad? (laughs) Because I really didn't want to work, really did, so I'm a bit sad at myself for that. And then I'm mad because I watched The Lovebirds (sighs) yesterday with um, Auntie A.K., uh, We've done a Netflix watch pie, which we should all do, actually. It was actually kind of fun. That wasn't supposed to fun. Okay. But it was so bad, and it was a waste of time. And I'm mad, because I'm not going to get those hours back, I basically. I am taking that
1: mad with you. I'm
2: taking it yes. with you.
1: Because I watched it's, it the other day, and I was waiting for it to be more, and there was no more, and I was like, this is
2: dead. It's so dead. <laughs> 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 but anyway. And then I'm glad that, my online fitness Jean has tasked me with drinking three liters of water per day, and I have done it successfully every day. Well oh, god! So I'm very happy. Thank you. And that's it. Do hit us up on Instagram and let us know what's made you sad, mad, and glad. Before we roll out, roll out. I just say I
1: have an open opinion, and it lovely and sunny has brought this to my attention. I believe that people who go on holiday skiing should be locked up because a holiday, sh- when you live in a country like England and you have a limited amount of days in the heat. A holiday should be somewhere where you go where you are guaranteed heat. And the people that say, eh, but it's sunny and you get a turn because you're on the top of the mountain and the sun's bouncing off the snow. You lot can do one. These people who go skiing as a holiday need help. Thank you.
0: (laughs) 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 And on that note... If you want to
2: follow the aunties, here's how you can.
0: You can follow me, Auntie AK, on all social media
3: platforms at The British Blacklist. You can follow me, Auntie Nana, on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter at Love Yaya.
2: You can follow me, Auntie Shadé, at Shadé Salami on all platforms.
3: And you can follow me, Auntie
0: Farah,
1: on Instagram at Far Out Productions 77.
0: And that's our show. You've been listening to Your Aunties Could Never podcast, hosted by the British Blacklist. Please listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other listening platforms. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Your Aunties Could Never. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. See you later. (laughs)